So to give you the quick history of the company, my father started a manufacturing company back in the 60s, ladies sportswear, as they used to call it, ladies blazers and skirts and blouses in New Bedford. And back then there were about 140 clothing manufacturers in New Bedford producing product for all the majors, all the major retailers in the States, as well as a lot of uh, catalog companies back then. I joined the company in 1994, and little did we know that about a year later, that an agreement called the NAFTA agreement would be signed. And then we started seeing and hearing that work was starting to move down south. And what's down south? South is Mexico and east. East is Asia. We weren't able to sustain 400 sewers anymore. And the quick story is that one of our customers at the time came to us and said, look, we have a problem. We had three trucks leave Mexico at our factory, and two of them got hijacked, and one made it back to the United States, and we have some quality issues. And this gentleman convinced me to move in the direction of service, which is what darn it is. He said, look, we've got a problem with some pants. Uh, And if you recall those Kathy Lee Gifford issues that she had with child labor, alleged child labor down in Mexico, well, these were the pants. He said that there were crooked labels and open seams and, and oil stains. I need you to fix 40,000 pants and ship them back to me. I sort of chuckled and laughed in his face. He didn't like it. But as it turns out, he was the one who was able to convince me to stay and to start this little service business that now has grown and now is 22 years old called Darn It. And you basically fix things. We do. Uh, what we try to do is come up with the solutions so that the customer can get the product to the shelf quickly. What are some uh, quick examples of some of the major biggest challenges you've had doing this? So what we try to tell our customers is come to us first when the the problem arises and let us try to help. Just to give you an example of some of the services we do, uh, I'd say we are about at 70% apparel and 30% other soft and hard goods, uh, but we have a full inspection department. Uh, on the apparel side, we have cleaning and pressing. We have a sewing department that does minor sewing repairs, and we do a lot of packaging and and repackaging. Some of the things we may do is we may be inspecting a blouse for oil stains and have to spot clean the oil stains in order to get them back onto the shelves for its quality. One of the craziest things that we've done, and we've done it twice, is we've received sweaters from a customer where we've actually had to pick bugs out of the sweaters. Uh, There were bugs in one of the factories while we were bagging them up overseas, and we actually had to pick them out of the sweaters in order to get them onto uh, the shelves. This sounds like it could be a combination of low-tech and high-tech. Who do you hire? That's a great question. Everything we do is manual. It's very hard to automate anything that we do. Um, But we have a great team, starting with our, our inspectors. A lot of them come from our manufacturing days. A lot of them come from our sewing departments and our inspection and pressing departments. Uh, We also have some folks on the management side who come from a technical background as well as a quality background with some major retailers. Skilled labor that can handle all these types of situations. What's the general number of your workforce? (laughs) So if you were to walk into the building today, we'd have about 120 folks uh, in the building. We have a core group of about 50 to 60 folks. And when the work really piles up, During the spring and fall seasons, when the product is coming into the States, that's when we ramp up with a lot of temporary labor. This is Rhode Island Public Radio. We are speaking with Mr. Jeff Glassman, the president, the founder of Darnit of New Bedford. What is the workplace site like? So we're in an old mill building. I bought a a building that was built in 1905, 10 years ago. I believe it belonged to the Fiber Leather Company back then, uh, and it's a 
300,000 square foot mill building that we put a lot of money into renovating. When my uncle, who was 94 years old, walked into the building after I bought the building 10 years ago, he walked up to the third floor and opened his eyes and said, wait a minute, Jeff, do you realize this building is the reason why our family is in New Bedford today? He said that his father and grandfather moved to New Bedford to work on the third floor of my building because of a, an apparel company called New Bedford Manufacturing that was up on the third floor, and that is how the entire family ended up moving to the area. Now, you've grown in New Bedford. What about future expansion plans? What about staying in New Bedford? It is all about staying in New Bedford. For many years, you know, we've been around for 22 years, and we deal with a lot of customers from a lot, a lot of different places all over New England as well as across the country. And when we had first started the business, a lot of our customers were in the Boston area, and they wanted us to move closer to them so that they didn't have to truck the product all the way down to New Bedford. But I told them that it doesn't work anywhere else. And they looked at me in a perplexed way, and I said, look, it's all about my people. It's all about my staff. It's all about the city. It's all about the culture. And it's a very hardworking city. It's a very hardworking staff that we have, and there is no way that I could move it anywhere else and get the same results. How did you folks manage to get through the recession? That wasn't easy because when uh, during the recession, the retailers were not bringing in as much product. So we were, were struck as hard as anyone else was. Um, but the good news is that as soon as it started to, well, as soon as it hit the floor, hit the bottom, we were able to uh, survive that. And the retailers started bringing in tons and tons more goods because they hadn't purchased goods in years. As far as the South Coast and investing in the South Coast for business, do you think Beacon Hill is paying more attention to the area these days? I believe they are. I believe the mayor has done his job to wake up Beacon Hill and to tell them that we are in growth mode. You can see it now. There is a lot of chatter about the South Coast Rail and businesses moving to New Bedford, not just because it's economical, but because of the workforce, because of the support of the city, because of the support of the Economic Development Council and the support of the mayor. So it is happening, and it is very exciting uh, to be a part of it. Jeff, I understand that beyond the operation of the company, you're getting involved in sponsoring some art projects. So three years ago, I was approached by an artist who rents some space in my main building where Darnit is housed, and mentioned to me that there was another building for sale around the corner, and it was an art studio building called the Hatch Street Studios. So I did some research and found that this building was up for sale and that artists were moving out because they weren't sure what was going to happen to the building. So I saw it as an opportunity for investment, but I also saw it as an opportunity to help in the art community. Presently, we have about 70 artists in the building, the artists' uh, studios are private working studios. They're not live-in studios, but we do have open studios uh, as a community once a year, and they also show in other studios and galleries throughout the city and the region. We're working with the city on a big cultural arts plan to help grow the arts in New Bedford as a whole. What kind of artists? So we have everyone from uh, woodworkers and cabinet makers to painters, sculptors, glass blowers and such. We have been uh, very pleased to see a lot of new artists moving in to New Bedford from big cities, uh, not only for the economics of the city, but for the community that is, is thriving now.
We've been speaking with Mr. Jeff Glassman, the founder, the president, and CEO of Darnit of New Bedford. Jeff, thanks for talking to us. Thank you for having me.